Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we celebrate films that we think might be underrated, underappreciated, or we just wanted to talk about it. This week, we're going to be talking about a film that Alice has chosen, which is The Beach from 2000. So... Let's see what you reckon. Alice. Josh. The Beach. Mm-hmm. It's from 2000. It is. Spoiler one is if you've not seen it. But we both have. We have now. <laughs> That's the point. Of this. Um, so, The Beach, what is it about and why did you pick it? So, The Beach follows the story of a young man named Richard. He's played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, Leo. So, he's from Leo, Leo. We love you, love you, Leo. Um, so, he has traveled over to Thailand from the United States of America. He's kind of looking, he's looking for something. He doesn't really know what. He just kind of wants to get away from it all, maybe looking for some spiritual enlightenment, that sort of thing. Anyway, through some circumstances, he comes across a map that leads to a secret island. And and a few things happen. He meets a couple of people who want to go with him to the secret island. So they use the map. So they get there. It's a bit of a slog. They have to swim. They can't really use, you know, boats and vessels and stuff. It's really, really secluded and hidden away and isn't on any proper maps. This map he's got has been, you know, hand-drawn. So they get to the island. They find this community. At first, you know, they're not really welcome because the islanders are a bit closed off. You know, it's like, oh, we don't want strangers here. It's already, you know, we're already kind of in a fine balance of trying to keep this place a secret but they become assimilated they become part of the community things are nice for a little bit then things start to go a little bit south as the true struggles of living on this island become all too apparent some men get severely injured by a shark you know and it's the turmoil of well what do we do with them and then it turns out that before Richard left to embark on this adventure he had left a map for another group of people. And so the uh, the head of the island, Sal, is absolutely furious about this, so leaves him to wait up on a mountain and wait for these people and basically find a way to turn them back and not let them on the island. Uh, but everything goes terribly wrong. Those people die. The island gets found out and everyone has to leave, basically. But that's what it's about. The reason I picked this one was, first of all, I wanted to do a Leonardo DiCaprio film. I thought that might be a bit tricky 
because I don't think a lot of what he's in is particularly underrated or mm. underseen. Yeah, so I thought, yeah. well, I'll look, I'll look at the beach and see what kind of score that got. And it did get a lot lower than I had thought. So I thought, right then, we'll go in this thinking it's underrated. This was one similar to uh, Butterfly Effect, similar to the number 23 that I loved when I was a teenager. You know, I thought, <laughs> oh, this is cool as hell. Like, I want to find this beach. I want to go to Thailand, yada, yada, yada. Um, so it was all because of those reasons. Uh, but this was the first time that I'd watched it in many years, I think since I was a teenager. Uh, what about yourself, Josh? Had you seen this one before? Uh, no, no, I hadn't. So I hadn't you seen hadn't it. Seen I, it. I, I, I did know about it. So, mm -hmm. so I um quite a big fan of Danny Boyle, the director. So oh, I love Train, yes, I love Train Spotting and mm. some of, the, of his other films as well. So I knew what I knew about this was a couple of things, which was that it was his, I think, sort of his first attempt at a big Hollywood American oh, film, mm. um, and that I knew it didn't do very well. And I, of course, oh, you knew did the song. Know that did you? That it didn't. I knew, do I knew well. that it wasn't very well received. Yeah, because ah. it's, it's, I think it's. I think he's gone on to talk about it quite a lot when mm. when promoting other films. Um, and I, of course, knew about the masterpiece that is Pure Shores oh, by All Saints. Beautiful. I love um, it. But no, I was interested to see it as well because I do like I do like Leo. Were you part of Leo Mania back in the day? I was absolutely part of Leo Mania. In love with him. Imagine, but... imagine the Titanic coming out. So what was that? 1997. Mm. I would have been eight years old. And there he is. And I was just mm. like, who is this man? I must marry him. Um, and then obviously that dream died because I discovered Legolas as well. And then Keanu Reeves and you know. <laughs> mm. You had your but pick. Yeah. You had your I pick. Know, of, I know. You like that long hair, don't you? I love a bit of long hair on a bloke, me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was a huge fan of Leo. From, I know I've said it a few times before on this podcast, but he is one of the greatest actors of all time, in my opinion. Uh, he completely dedicates to the role. I, you know, he hasn't really done a bad film, although we'll, you know, discuss what we think about this one. Um, but yeah, I just think he's fabulous. I love seeing him on screen. I think he brings a heck of a presence. And yeah, I really, really like him. Are you big on the big on the Leo? Yeah, I like Leo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm as I don't think I'm as in love with him as you. Oh. Um we can't but talk I think there's no then, there's no yeah. doubt he's a he's a he's a brilliant actor, he's very watchable. Mm. So um we'll move on then. What 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 did you think of this then watching it again? What did you think of Leo? Did he live up to your Leo expectations? I think he did, yeah. I think he did quite a good job in this film. And most of the performances I was quite happy with. On the whole, I was quite underwhelmed. And it wasn't as exciting. It wasn't as good as I perhaps remembered it being when I was a teenager. But I'll start with the things that I did like. Uh, so you've already touched on there, the beautiful soundtrack. So Pure Shores by All Saints, as well as Porcelain by Moby, are two songs that can just instantly put me in a good mood. And when uh, Porcelain by Moby starts playing, it's when Richard sees this beach on this desert island for the first time. And he's just completely in awe of it. And he's just, you know, in, in a state of wonder at what he's looking at. And I find that image quite powerful. And that was something that lasted with me for quite a long time. And when I, whenever I hear that song, it's an instant mood lifter for me. So that's really stayed with me. And then moving on from there, um, the visuals I thought were really, really good. Not just, you know, it being paradise and this beautiful beach, but also in Bangkok, you know, you've got the hustle and bustle of this really busy city. And away from just the setting and the location, the camera was doing a lot of very interesting things. You had these huge, beautiful wides that looked like they were on a drone. I don't know what the drone technology was up to in the year 2000. Might have been a helicopter, might have been a crane. <laughs> I'm not sure. 
but it was fabulous. And there was a few moments where when Richard and uh, so he's met a young uh, French couple who is called Etienne and Francois. They're joining him along for the journey and they're making their way through this river and they get to a point where there's a waterfall and the only way to uh, get past this waterfall is to jump down it. And the camera just does this really dramatic swoop backwards and then ends up in the sky and you're getting this full visual of the river and this waterfall and all the surroundings. And then uh, to jump in... In juxtaposition to that, you've got some really intense close-ups. You know, there are some moments where Richard is kind of falling into mania. He's been on this island for a bit too long and he's um, he's been forced into kind of solitary by Sal because these people are coming to the island. So he's sort of hiding away up on this mountain looking out for these people. And he goes a bit mad and you get these really intense close-ups of his face and, and what he's up to. So there was a great variation of shots that really drew you into the world, I think, and really painted a picture of the kind of mood and the vibe of the film. Like I said before, the performances, the acting, I did think were fine. Uh, there wasn't really a particularly weak one for me. I enjoyed Daffy. Uh, so we've got Robert Carlyle, and he plays a man who he's come off the island onto the mainland. He's something's happened to him. He's been I'm not sure actually what happened there, Josh. Was he was he banished from the island? Did he leave of his own accord? Well, it doesn't. I don't think it ever really makes it specific. Ah. The, one of the guys on the island refers to him as a nutter. Mm. So I I would guess that he's been kicked off. Uh, but I don't know. It never it never clears it up. But he does do. I mean, Robert Carlyle does do nutters very well. I mean, oh, is there is there a scarier really? movie villain than Begbie? Because oh, oh yeah, goodness, you yeah. know, The Shining, The Exorcist, <laughs> all your big villains, they're scary. But Begbie's a real guy. Yeah. Like anyway, but uh, no, I don't. I think he's. I think he is kicked off, but I don't think he's ever specified. Yeah. So he's. So he's been kicked off the island, and when he meets Richard, so before he gives Richard the map, who then goes on to find the island, it's all very manic and very intense, and he really brings to life this character who has found paradise and has now lost it. Because I imagine that would send you into into a little bit of mania, sort of having seen heaven, and then now you don't get to go there anymore. And the way he speaks about the island and the beach is very, very fondly. So what did you think of Robert Carlyle in this? You've already touched on how you do find him. He's quite a presence, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's. I think Robert Carlyle's a brilliant actor. He does, mm. he does a lot with a little. Like, he's probably only in about oh, 10 minutes of this, isn't he? And um, it certainly stays with you. I mean, like like I said, no one plays like a nutter like Robert Carlyle. So yeah, he's brilliant. I mean, like you say, there isn't really a, there isn't really a weak performance in it. One of my sort of points is, is for likes and dislikes is leo's performance mm -hmm. because i both liked it and disliked it at the same time it's, it's quite a strange one because i thought you know he's very watchable he's very charismatic um i like the way he puts a little bit of pretentiousness into his character you know richard's a bit he's a bit up himself isn't he mm -hmm. but also there's times when he's really really too intense mm -hmm. like he does a lot of shouting and screaming in this film and it's almost like i feel like perhaps he wanted to be taken seriously a bit more at this point mm -hmm. but he's still i mean he is still good there's just bits of it where it's a little bit repetitive and a little bit intense what about you did you do you like leo still let still like leo's performance in this yeah yeah i mean it, it wasn't quite as kind of magical and impactful as it was all those years ago but i can still see the value in it and appreciate that he was still quite young like you said then, Robert Carlyle really stays with you. So later on, Richard kind of starts having these fever dreams, doesn't mm. he? He's, I think, again, this is when he's 
been left up on the hill waiting for these guys to come over. He's got to, you know, keep watch and make sure they don't make it over. And he starts having these weird fever dreams about Daffy and like these hallucinations and stuff. And that's really powerful as well. Robert Carlyle has quite a striking face, doesn't he? Quite a severe face. Yeah, big eyes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot of the impact as well of, of Robert Carlyle's performance comes down probably to his relationship with Danny Boyle and the fact that they've worked together quite a few times. Certainly I think I think course. Danny Boyle gets a lot out of certain actors. Mm. So I know one of the things I did know about this, and this comes down to when they were promoting the second train spot in film, which is that Ewan McGregor was cast in the Leo role. And then Really? Uh, yeah. So wow, Ewan McGregor was cast. And then I don't know what is and isn't true. The rumor is is that the studio offered more money if they cast Leo, because uh. then it'd be an American lead. And that Danny Boyle said yes. Either way, they are both on record as saying that they fell out, which is why they didn't make another film together for many years. Then oh. they made up. So Danny Boyle does use a lot of actors and he does get mm. a lot of performances out of his actors. He's, he's a bit like a lot of, you know, this way Christopher Nolan always gets a performance out of Cillian Murphy, um, Tom Hardy, Michael Caine, mm-hmm. all those sorts of people. And, and it, it's greats, the same with, yeah. with Danny Boyle. I'll go back to what something you said there, which is which is what, the different scenes of Mania and stuff like that. I think it's I think the film is one the highlight for me is it's I think it's really well directed. Mm. Um, Danny Boyle because I know it wasn't particularly successful, and I'm not too sure why, but Danny Boyle plays with genre really well. If you look at even this, it's sort of adventure, drama, romance, thriller, bits of horror, horror bits of comedy. He does it in other films. If you look at Train Spotting or Sunshine, he plays with horror and comedy and I all the other aspects quite a lot. He did Sunshine. Yeah, he did Sunshine. Yeah, he did. Oh, he did. Yeah. And that is, you know, it's a sci-fi film that sort of descends into a horror film that has mm. other elements in there as well of thriller and, and other stuff. And I really enjoy that. I think he does it really well. He also does those, he, ma- he makes some really good stylistic choices in this, like the scene where Leo sort of losing his mind. It reminded me a lot of the scene where Mark is trying to come off heroin mm-hmm. in Train Spotting. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that scene. There's the scene where he is him and the French couple and photographing the night sky. And there's some really interesting stylistic choices with the camera yeah. there. Um, in the mania scene, one bit I really liked is the bit where it's stylized like a video game. Oh, I really like that bit. Yeah, I yeah, thought good, you'd it? hate it. You know, I was no, like, I didn't. Oh, I bet I Josh didn't. would hate that. No, oh, because great, I, because great. because it didn't feel. It didn't feel shoehorned in. It felt authentic, I guess. Not authentic, but it, I don't really know what the word is. I suppose it didn't feel like it was... Danny Boyle's one of those directors. He can make a stylistic choice and he doesn't tr- feel like he's trying to look like he's trying to do something. He just is doing something. Whereas some directors, I think, make these choices to look like they're trying to do something. And it feels a bit disingenuous to me. But Danny Boyle, I don't get that. I think he is... A, I think he's a storyteller. He's one of my favourite directors, Danny Boyle. So I've not really got bad things to say about him. But he, he is a storyteller. Um, he's a northern bloke as well. So we like him. Um, from, <laughs> we like from, him up north. He's from Bury. He's from Bury. Um, so there's the video game scene. Again, similarly, the flashbacks to Daffy where he's talking to to Richard once we already know that he's died. Um mm. So yeah, it was it was interesting. They made a lot of interesting stylistic choices in there, which improved on a film that could have been really boring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and was and was in places at times. Um, I think I think, like you said, with the video game thing, though, because a lot of them are playing 
Game Boys, aren't they, on the island? Yeah. So one of the things that I sort of liked about it, I'm not sure, you know, how intentional this was or whatever, but the whole ethos, the whole point of being on the island is that you're shunning the ordinary. You're shunning this westernized lifestyle, this capitalist, consumerist lifestyle. But then actually, they're all just desperate to play Game Boys all the time. Yeah. One of them wants um, a, a newspaper. You know, they still want these luxuries that can be found in the capitalist, consumerist world. So it's a bit like, oh, well... You're not really buying into this lifestyle, are you? The yeah, only I thing I will I say, that. though, but I will say tampons are an absolute must. You can definitely go back to the mainland to get your tampons. That's fine. But everything else, I was a bit like, why do you want batteries where you are? Why have you got your head in mm. a Game Boy? Look where you are. And I thought that was quite an interesting commentary on just maybe human nature. And once, once you've experienced, you know, these objects and these things and these materialistic life, maybe you can't ever truly let go. One of the other things as well, I'm not sure if you noticed this, but I'd like to see if you did. Uh, I felt like there was a bit of foreshadowing in the film. So the first time that Richard tells Etienne and Francoise about his plan to find this island, huge thunderstorm begins. You know, you get the huge clack of thunder just as he tells them and it starts absolutely chucking it down. And then when they're swimming to the island, they have the absolutely terrible idea to pretend that Francoise has been eaten by a shark, basically. <laughs> so Etienne points behind Richard going, I saw a fin, I saw a fin. And then Francoise has disappeared. Her bag has come loose from her. And they pretend, obviously, that she's died or be attacked by a shark. And then later, two blokes get really proper mauled by a shark. It's a dick move, isn't it? Oh, oh horrendous. They would have been move. so tired. What was it, a two-kilometer swim with all Something your stuff like on your back? And, and it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a real dick move. If this is a horror a film, move. they'd be the characters that are, like, mocking the lead character. Going, like, Don't worry mm -hmm. about it, baby, it's fine. Yeah. Then they die first. <laughs> Yeah. That's what happens. But in this, nothing. Nothing happens to them. They get away scot. They don't even get eaten by a shark. No. Um, but no, I did, I, I'll be honest, I didn't notice the foreshadowing. You're, you're a deep thinker, Alice. Oh, well, so yes. I that's why, told that's, why it works. that's why it works. You're a philosopher and I'm just like, yeah, I love the video game bit. <laughs> um, speaking of the, the shark attack as well, I did really really found it very powerful that they didn't show the shark attack and instead just showed the ocean completely filled with blood. Mm. And then they're dragging these guys onto the sand and they're leaving this trail of blood behind them. And then your imagination gets to do all the work. I thought that was really powerful instead of showing it because we've already had an image of the shark because Richard has a moment where he thinks he's about to get attacked by the shark and he manages to... I don't know, he like ducks and weaves and I think, does he stab it? Has he got like a little knife with him? Yes, yeah, so, yeah, I think he stabs it. I think you see him stab it in the jaw or through the mouth or something. Yeah, so then, so that is your image of the shark and you've got that now. And he has this close encounter, and he, but he manages to escape. So then it sort of leaves your mind then and you're like, oh, we don't need to worry about the shark anymore because Richard has stabbed it. And then these two guys just get absolutely bitten to shreds and it's really gory and you just imagine the violence and the trauma and just how horrendous that would be and then from this obviously comes this awful sequence where the guys are basically dying or one of them dies quite soon doesn't he and they bury him in his little sleeping bag and then the other one is suffering wailing dying it around everyone and it's you know bringing the mood down so then they're like right well we've got to take him elsewhere Self and just let him get, die selfish isn't it exactly you get a bit of a scream. Shark and I'm the people sitting here after you. I'm sitting here trying to 
smoke my weed and have a nice exactly, time and you're exactly. there dying from blood loss, I, infection. <laughs> I enjoyed that. What one of the things I did enjoy was that was was uh, that exploration of moral ambiguity. What is the mm. right thing to do? Is the right thing to do to when you can't because because they do try and get the they try and take him to hospital and he won't go back in the water yeah. and they refuse to bring a doctor to the island. So essentially what is the it's a bit of a catch-22 situation it probably isn't the right thing to do to uh uh leave him in a tent to die because that's essentially what they do isn't it he's mm-hmm. he's he's suffering so they take him out into the woods with the intention of just leaving him to die mm. um and then leo eventually kills him doesn't he yeah sort like, of, puts a, him out of his mercy, misery sort of yeah thing. like a mercy um, killing isn't it yeah but it, it, I thought that was interesting. I mean, really, I suppose what the right thing to do is is go, well, we are taking you to the doctor because... Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You literally can't fight back because you've been bitten by a shark. So get on the stretcher. And but, kind of the moment that he said that, you do kind of lose a little bit of sympathy. And it's yeah. just like, nah, just get in the boat, mate. They're yeah. saying they will take you to a hospital. Yeah. But now you're being a little bitch about the water just because you got yeah. bit by a shark. Listen, yeah, you little <laughs> shark bite bitch. Um, <laughs> but no, I enjoyed that. There was a lot of, um, it's back to what you were saying, which is they've got this philosophy. We're living free on this island, but also we want our home comforts. We want our mm. soft bog roll and our daily mm-hmm. telegraph and our Game Boy. Like you say, obviously some things are unnecessary like food and drink and tampons and stuff, but do you need a Game Boy? It's, it's that almost first world idea, that pretentiousness, that gap year mentality, isn't it? And I thought that was quite interesting because it is an extension of, of Leo's character as well. They're all so mm-hmm. pretentious, but you don't really know why they're there. They never really give you a reason. Like, this is why we all came here. They just did. 
Um, and I thought that was interesting when it came down to real issues like someone's hurt and needs medical attention. And just to finish as well, before we move on to the dislikes, Alan Johnson, Patterson Johnson, Joseph. Yeah. Oh. What a wonderful... I in, love seeing him in everything. In, in tremendous shape as well. Oh, fabulous. I mean, fair Patterson, play, fabulous. Patterson. You, you must have done some hours at the gym for this. <laughs> so we'll move on then to talking about things that we didn't like or that we might change. Now, obviously, you have got a lot of affection for this film, but I'm sensing that it might have disappointed a little bit. Second date. Started to show its true colours. Uh, yeah, a little bit like that, a little bit like that. So, first of all, I did think that some of the character development and some of the relationship development was pretty flimsy, especially when it came to the map. So Daffy gives up the map to Richard, just willy-nilly, basically. And I don't use that phrase lightly, Josh. Um, Neither willy nor nilly. There's no, <laughs> like there's no, there's no build up to it. There's no forming of a relationship. But so what? Something I was thinking whilst watching the film is this certainly feels like a film that was based on a book. Mm. Like you can feel where the gaps are. It's hitting can, marks, isn't it? It's almost exactly. hit, it's almost hitting chapters. Exactly. Yeah. Now I. I have no issue at all with directors, writers who want to who want to adapt a book for the screen. I think it's great. Love to see it happen, but there is a skill to it. And if you if all you're trying to do is copy the main points, copy the main bits of drama, you know, just like the key scenes that happen and you just kind of force it all in there together, it doesn't work. And that is what feels like happened in this. It was just, right, this needs to happen. We need to get Richard the map. And then he needs to meet Francoise and Etienne. And then they need to get to the island. And it was just like a big smush of all these points with no real care and attention to how they got there. I think to make... Uh, an adaptation of a book successful as a film, you need to take the idea, take the concept, and certainly take the characters and some of the key themes and ideas in it, but then you reconstruct it. You reconstruct it to be something different, something suitable for the screen. I feel like Lord of the Rings did that really well. And there are other examples. Harry, I know Harry you Potter. really I was gonna say, I know you really enjoy the Harry Potter films, and I take it you've read the books too. Yeah. But yeah. with this there were just so many gaps and some of the relationship and character development was really part of that. You know, I didn't for one second believe that Daffy would just give up that map to the first guy he meets, basically. So I didn't believe that. So then I was wondering, well, in the book, uh, is there more? Is there more mm. pages? Do they spend more time together? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that was that, that was like, that was one of my main issues. The two, the, 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 the two main issues I had with it were... And they're, they're, they're both linked is is that, which I think it's a lack of exposition and mm. a lack of pacing. I think it starts quite slowly and things sort of happen because they need to happen. And then it picks up once they get to the island. It really picks up pace. And then, and then the pace falls out of it again, then picks back up again. So it's a little bit inconsistent. And I found myself bored in places, engaged in places. And it, it just wasn't consistent enough for me. And that probably that sense probably does come from the beginning because like you say, there's a real lack of expo like exposition. And I found myself thinking, why should I care? Like, mm -hmm. why should I care that, that Richard is traveling? Why should I care that he gets this map? Why does he want to go to the island? I understand the whole idea he wants to go to this island is because it's supposed to be untouched or beautiful or no one else goes there and that sort of thing. But I, I didn't find myself engaged with Richard as a character from the start. 
And so it, it, I found it difficult to align myself with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. So ultimately it came down to pacing being off. And in the off bits of pacing, the disengaging bits, that lack of exposition just drew me out of the film a bit. So I found myself thinking, why why should I give a shit a little bit? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Lot of, there's a lot of redeeming things from. that bring me back into it. Leo's performance mm-hmm. in bits and other stuff I've talked about, stylistic choices. But that was the main issue. It's, it's oddly paced. And there could have been more exposition, particularly at the beginning, to say to me as the watcher, this is why you should give a shit about this story. And that's interesting that you say there should have been more exposition because we do start off with the voiceover, don't we? We've, mm. we've got Leo, Richard doing a voiceover. That's another and issue. I, I absolutely hated the voiceover. Oh, I hated it. I thought it was terrible. There's no... I would have, it's monotone. I Well, it's just... I, I didn't like the content of it. I didn't mm. like the delivery of it. I would have preferred a, a show don't tell in that instance. Mm. Like, yeah, I agree. You're seeing a young Caucasian guy in Bangkok with a rucksack on. We can we can take a lot from that. That's yeah. quite an iconic image. You know, we understand what's happening. And then when he goes to... Like, he drinks some snake, like snake blood or something yeah, and all yeah. this. So it's like, okay, so he's looking for risk or he's looking for things outside his comfort zone. And I feel like a lot of that was there. But the voiceover just didn't add anything to it. It was like the wrong kind of exposition. It's almost there because they felt like someone needed to hold your hand through the plot, but the plot is easy enough to follow. And if, and if mm-hmm. for me, if I was to give a shit more, I'd need to be shown Richard. Perhaps he's traveling because of something that's happened in his life. I think it sort of infers that he's been broken up with, his, with a partner, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't say that. But, you know, I wonder what it says in the book. Yeah, I'd be interested to know, be interested. is there a reason in the book why he goes traveling? Is there a reason why he picks Thailand? Is there a reason why he has, he's particularly drawn to this island? You know, if he's traveling and he's feeling he's feeling particularly unstimulated by it, then I think we needed to see that. And then beyond that, so his relationship with Francoise and Etienne, again, he wants them to go on this trip with him very early into their into them being... That like they're not even friends. Like he just sort of sees them across the hotel hallway, and that's it. They know he wants them to come with him. So I feel like there's a lot missing there. I feel like there's probably more relationship development there. Um. So the score I absolutely hated. I don't know if you noticed this. So the soundtrack I thought was beautiful mm. and I loved it. The score I hated it. It didn't match the action at all for me or the vibe. It felt really outdated. It felt like a family film score at times, and at other times felt like silent cinema esque music. It was so weird. I hated it. Did you notice that? At um, all? I'll, I'll be honest. I did. I didn't notice it, did but I was not? probably no. a bit too distracted by other bits. Um, yeah, maybe. I suppose it's difficult. With I, I'm not. I don't know that much about music. I guess if you've noticed a score in any way other than that it's been emotive, it's probably bad, right? Because a score is there to either heighten the emotion or tell a story but it's not there to make you go oh what's that um which obviously has done for you hasn't it so mm-hmm. no i didn't i didn't really notice it but there must be something to that if you've said it because it must be it's so noticeable when a score is bad it's so noticeable it was just so out of place like you know the music itself the composition that's fine and i'm sure in a different film it wouldn't have felt weird but for this it just didn't fit at all uh, and then finally the final thing that i didn't really like about it was I didn't fully understand Richard's motivation for leaving the map for other people, for these four people who then eventually come along. It, it's He's done that. The filmmakers have done that. The writers, Danny Boyle, whoever, 
just to make the ending happen, right? It's like, yeah. oh, but these four... Just a or the, plot or the device, book, isn't it? You know, if yeah. it happens in the book, maybe it doesn't happen in the book, I don't know. But for me, and again, but maybe it's just because we don't get to know Richard enough. Like maybe that is something he would do, Richard in the book, but we're not really getting that from Richard in the film. And I just, I didn't get it. I was like, why would you yeah. leave that map for anyone else? Like it goes completely against the whole ethos and the whole ambition to get to this island it's bad enough that you brought two other people with you Francoise and Etienne like uh, Daffy gave you that map in confidence and said you know how secret it is and how special it is so I was just a bit like I don't believe you mate yeah and you don't even really see him I guess I guess really we needed more character development for Richard, didn't we? I think so. And the film is two hours long, you know. They could have done it. And, and they could have done and, it. And I'll be honest, I felt it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no. I was, there was there was and I don't not you know not it wasn't awful. As I've yeah, said, it yeah. was all right. But there was bits where I was like, where you could have been doing character development, you were showing this, or you know, there was quite a lot of scenes of the people in. In on the beach in the community, just having, yeah. a, having a lovely time. Doing we know it's lovely. I can tell it's yeah. lovely. Like, yeah. look at it. It's lovely, isn't it? <laughs> but why does Richard want to be there? And like you said, why would you leave a map for the... Particularly because he leaves it for specific people who help him out. But he doesn't seem particularly drawn to those people or to love those people. He locks himself out of a cabin and they give him a beer and I think they smoke a joint and mm. that's it. Um, yeah, more character development for Richard, I think. I think you're right. So we'll move on to talking about the critical reception then before deciding is the beach underrated. You did pick it because you think it's underrated. That's right, isn't it? Correct. Yes, I did. So I haven't seen the critical reception. Mm -hmm. Give me a guess. Give me your best guess, Josh. Give me a guess. Hit you with my best shot. Mm. I think, and so I know just from the legacy of the film that it didn't do particularly well. But I have also met quite a few people in general film conversation who have said they liked it. So I'm wondering if it was critically not very well received, but I think I think it's probably gained a bit of a following in certain respects, which might pull it back mm -hmm. up. So I'm going to say, on average, maybe ooh, maybe a six okay. out of well, ten, I mean. So 60%, six out of ten. So at the time of recording on IMDb, it gets 6.7. That's pretty good, I thought. Now then, we head over to Rotten Tomatoes and for uh, the real reason why I picked right, this. Right, okay. So the audience gave it 57% mm. and then the critics gave it 20%. <sighs> 20 that is low. And the critics' consensus, it says here, that the beach is unfocused and muddled, a shallow adaptation of the novel it is based on. Points go to the gorgeous cinematography, though. So I don't completely disagree with that. Mm. Um, I do feel like perhaps 20% is too low. The, the tricky thing for me is that I love the concept. I really do. And I love the potential that is there because there is such potential. But it just didn't deliver on all fronts. And I think there were some real issues with the writing. Mm. Um, I think it is difficult to adapt from a book, but there are ways to do it. We know there are ways to do it. We've seen it happen. And the way they tried to do it just didn't work for me. Yeah, I mean, so like, for example, another example of a book, American Psycho for years was considered to be unfilmable, unmakeable. You cannot make mm. this into a film, I think. It was, it was quite a well-known thing about that book. But the film is brilliant. Well, I think the film is brilliant. It's not 
exactly like the book because there are things in the book that you probably couldn't really do in a film. Um, well, maybe not then, maybe you could now, but mm. but I still think as long as you get the essence of the characters right, I think people will will buy it. Exa- back to, you know, I know I've already mentioned it, but back to Harry Potter, there's, there's so much law in Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. You, I mean, all the Lord of the Rings films, they're so long and all, you know, there's eight Harry Potter films and yet there's still so much law that they don't bring into the films because it's just mm-hmm. not possible. But if you capture the essence of the characters, if you get that and the story across, I think people will forgive it if it's entertaining. Whereas with this, I agree with you. I, I, I think the critics have got a point there, which is it is unfocused and it is a little muddled. Um, there are some redeeming features and I don't think, I don't think it's twenty percent bad. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think it's it's not it's not amazing. I wouldn't be in a rush to watch it again. I would give it about what I gave it then, maybe a six. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What about you then? So you you obviously picked it. So yeah. is it underrated? I mean, if we're going off the critics, maybe it is. But what do yeah. you think? You picked it. What do you think? So I don't think it is twenty percent bad because technically like technical elements of it are very very good and there is a lot of thought put into certain aspects of it i would say perhaps the imdb score the 6.7 is a little bit high mm, yeah, and that maybe the audience score of 57% is more appropriate so i wonder if it is appropriately rated when taking into consideration av- all average, the different averaging yeah. it out yeah um i'm i must say i am a bit disappointed I thought, like with when I saw uh, the number 23 was 8%, I was like, wow, that's so bad. And I watched that and I really enjoyed myself. Mm. I was like, oh, I actually really like this. Like, it's not just some nostalgic, you know, teenage Alice sort of coming to the surface sort of thing. And with this, there was just a lot missing for me. And I, I was quite disappointed. And considering it's Leonardo DiCaprio and Danny Boyle, I was really surprised that I was disappointed. I'd agree with you then. Appropriately rated. Well, there we go. The beach appropriately rated. I didn't see that coming, I'll be honest. I I am a little bit disappointed. I had high hopes. But there we go. This is why we love doing this podcast. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Let us know what you thought of the beach. If you think that it is underrated, if you think it's overrated, maybe. If it's one of these films that deserves to stay in the bottom of the DVD bin, let us know. We love to hear from you. So, Josh... Your turn to pick next week. What are we going to be watching? Oh, hey guys, he's pulling faces. I think it's going to be a good one. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm excited. This is my first pick of 2022. Okay, go on. So I've gone big. Oh. And I think this could split opinion down the middle. Okay. Next week, Alice, we -hmm. are going to be watching Green Lantern. Ah. I thought it might be only a matter of time. And here it is, guys. It's coming. <laughs> Fabulous. So, yes, Green Lantern. I am so excited. 
Well, I'm excited because of how excited you are. So that should be a great one. Make sure you catch that next week, listeners. In the meantime, if you want to give us a follow on social media, we are on all the platforms. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. I nearly said MySpace then. We're Rob not on MySpace. on MySpace. Sorry, guys. We're not Cabo Hotel. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day. We're also on TikTok. It's just films and that across the board. If you have got a second, we would love it if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and give us a little review just a nice little friendly one doesn't even have to be five stars maybe just say a nice thing about me and then you can say whatever you want about josh but yeah. that's it for this week thank it you do, so it does much have to for be listening <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening everyone and we will see you next week with green lantern josh it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you as always yes join us next week for green lantern cheerio bye Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.